0: Hi, I'm Greg.
1: And I'm Leanne. Welcome, welcome to, to
0: the Empowered, empowered Poly Podcast, Podcast, where we give you the tools to help you feel more empowered
1: in your polyamorous and consensually non-monogamous relationships
0: by sharing what we've learned as relationship coaches and as individuals.
1: Empowered Poly is LGBTQ2IA+, alternative lifestyle, and kink friendly.
0: Thank you for joining us
1: and, and enjoy the, the show.
0: show. Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of the Empowered Poly Podcast. Today, we're gonna be talking about entitlement in relationships. Let's start with how we came about the idea of this topic. What sparked our interest in this? Do you remember
1: that? (laughs) Do you remember it? Um, Yes, I think so. I think I brought it up as a topic that came up in a a session with a client in our coaching session and, and they were talking about feeling upset that they weren't receiving what they felt entitled to in their relationship and
0: that happens a lot in the work that we do especially with people that are new to the world of Mm non-monogamy right because there's some sort of programming around the the mindset is is that if we're married then we're entitled to certain things because of that marriage entitled to certain aspects of our partner um, and so and which we'll get into in a bit
1: Mm -hmm. well and it's not just marriage It might be friendship, it might be family relationships, it might, you know, it's across the board, all relationships have this problem in terms of, you know, people feeling um, entitled to certain privileges. Right. And uh, and special treatment, which is part of the definition of entitlement when we're talking about it in not a legal term, but in relationships.
0: Right, right. Yeah. This is a good place to talk about that too, is what is the definition of entitlement, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, with, and at least the type of entitlement that we're referring to. And you I'm have gonna it. Just, I'm just going to keep talking until my Google pops up and I can read it. <laughs> so technically there are three types of entitlement, right? There are three definitions for the word entitlement. The fact of having a right to something, the amount to which a person has a right and then the last one, which is the one that we're going to be talking about, the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. So when we were researching the topic, we started talking about what's the difference between like entitlement and respect, because there are certain things that we deserve from the people in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But are we entitled to those things?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a difference between entitlement and deserving. Um, Entitlement is the idea that I am owed this uh, because of what I've provided or the status that I have. And deserving is, I deserve to have this, which means I can find it in certain relationships, choose the relationships, maybe that I'm, I'm receiving that in and and not choose the relationships that I'm not.
0: Because we do we do deserve certain things, like respect,
1: mm-hmm.
0: autonomy, to be treated kindly, compassionately, right? We deserve those things, to be loved, to be honored. You know, we, we deserve self-respect, right? We deserve all of those things. But what we're talking about is a sense of entitlement to somebody else, mm-hmm. simply because of the position that we have in their life.
1: Right. right? So I am your mother, therefore... <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, That position gives us a sense of privilege. And that, frankly, is a problem. It can, it's, it's problematic. When we, when we were talking about this the other night, I had a hard time finding a situation where entitlement was okay. Mm, yeah. So hard that I couldn't find a, a situation in relationships where entitlement is okay. You mentioned a mother. I'm your mother, therefore. That mm-hmm. feels problematic to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. you know, one of the things that comes up for me around around this topic is I've had a lot of people in my life who have felt entitled to me in various ways, and um, as a people pleaser in recovery, <laughs> it was a very hard nut for me to crack to to actually start to question their entitlement. So that can be part of my, you know, challenges in my relationships is actually disbelieving the entitlement. I'm so used to it and I kind of normalized it, I think.
0: Can you give us an example?
1: Yeah, I mean, time. So, you know, I have a free day that I'm looking at and various people in my life would pop up and say, what are you doing today? And I would say nothing. Now that right there is me not advocating for myself. <laughs> right? That's saying that what I had planned for myself, which might have been to, I don't know, look at cat videos all day long. Uh, wasn't okay. So it is super fun. Um, wasn't okay. It wasn't anything of note or worthiness. Right? Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, I've got some things that I'm going to do for myself today, or I'm going to watch cat videos today and owning that or whatever I'm going to do. I said nothing. And that would, you know, open the door to them in their mind. And they would say, well, great, I need you to this, that or the other thing, or I want you to this, that or the other thing with me, or for me. And I've had to really try to lean into I've got a full day planned. (laughs) even if it's just things I want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So the entitlement then is the, the the other person coming to you and saying, well, since you're not doing anything, I want you to do these things Mm -hmm. or do these things. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And
0: then when you push back and say, no, I'm not going to do those things because I don't want to do anything today. Mm -hmm. And then the entitlement comes into play and becomes problematic when somebody comes back and says, yeah, but I, you know, I'm, I'm your whatever. And so I'm telling you to do it. I expect right. you to do it. Right. Right. And so that, that's where it becomes an issue. That's and sometimes
1: they're not even that articulate about it. It's very no. subtle. It's more oh. of a, it can be emotional manipulation at that point where they become rejected or they, they become angry or they become sad. You are not willing to step into that for them. So that piece of, playing the guilt card or the anger card or the frustration card or whatever. And when I say playing the card, I that's kind of disregarding the validity of the feeling that might come up for them, which, you know, is perfectly valid they're entitled to their feelings, but also when we're talking about problematic behavior being the seed of those feelings, I kind of get <laughs> my nose out of joint about it. So mm-hmm. So when they're, when they're feeling those things and they let you know that they're feeling those things, when you say, I don't want to, that means that they're still in the entitlement place. They're still expecting you to cave, to comply, to acquiesce. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting that you say that because one of the examples that we talked about was veto power. So for those yeah. of you listening that don't know what veto power is, um, in non-monogamous relationships, veto power would be your partner being able to have a say in who, what, when, where, why, or how you do something with another partner. So just a really super basic example of that is, is that you're dating somebody that your nesting partner doesn't like, and so your nesting partner says, I want you to stop dating them, and then so you do even though you don't want to stop dating them.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: that's an example of veto power. And it's an inherently entitled perspective. Right. And so that's a really good example of that. Now, another good example of the way that entitlement can show up in an insidious way, or in maybe even an, un, an unconscious way, not insidious, but an unconscious way mm-hmm. is, so let's say you you don't have a veto power talked about, you haven't talked about it. But every single time you go on a date with this new partner, Mm -hmm. your nesting partner makes it very difficult and challenging for you to do that. Maybe they, maybe they're late coming home from work because something came up at the office. So you have to wait another hour, you know, while, while they get home before you can leave because of the kids, or maybe they have a meltdown before you go about something unrelated to your date, right? Now that is a form of entitlement and they may not be aware of that. It might be an unconscious thing, but what they're, in my experience, because I've, I've been on both sides of that particular fence, mm-hmm. my experience is, is that when I was feeling that way, and if I was really honest with myself and I was unpacking it, it was because I didn't want them to go. I mm. was entitled to their time. Right. And if I was having a problem or if I was having an issue, I expected them to drop everything they were doing and help me. Mm -hmm. And that is a form of entitlement.
1: Mm -hmm. What do you think? So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, When you first said it, I was kind of like, well, you know, something came up at the office office, that's legitimate. However, if you have that, that entitlement script running subconsciously, the difference would be, oh, they're going on a date with so-and-so I'm going to be an hour late because of something at the office and I'm choosing to stay and take care of it, right? If there's a choice and I expect them to delay their plans, make other arrangements, whatever they're going to do on their end, they have to deal with it. Cancel. Right. Right. Um, Another way to do that in a, in a better, healthier way, I'm going to say better and healthier because we're talking about problematic behaviors would be to say something's come up at the office. If there is no choice and I have to stay, I would then problem solve. Or help to problem solve or make a suggestion to my partner. I know you have a date tonight. And I also know that our sitter, you know, is five minutes away. So could you perhaps call them because I'm stuck at the office and I'm in a meeting right now and I can't do it. So that there's a bit of a ownership of the problem and a bit of teamwork in terms of solving it. And, you know, even making suggestions is helpful. It doesn't necessarily mean that you like the partner that they're dating. It just means that you respect their time. Right. Right. You don't have to like that's a them. Really,
0: yeah. That's yeah. a really good point. And further to that, what I was saying about the whole, you know, being late every time you have a date, it's, it's the consistency of it. Mm, it's if a pattern. It's every, if it's a pattern, every mm-hmm. single time you have a date with one of your partners or whatever, that's not them. They're late coming home. Or they're uncommunicative, or they're difficult in their communication, um, or they're like you know they or they're disregarding of your needs and your time, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all signs of unconscious entitlement, mm-hmm. um, and it's not it's not gender specific. I've seen it happen with all genders, and I've experienced it on I've experienced having that impact me, and I've also experienced being the person that does it that does have that sense of entitlement. So Mm -hmm. I think that's something to be really, really aware of, right? Um, Especially if you, if you are in a hierarchical relationship dynamic, even if it's agreed upon, there's still, and maybe this is a a different topic, but. I need to
1: unpack hierarchy.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. Go for it. Just
1: really quickly.
0: I know you got this thing that you're That you're really high on right now which i love actually so go for it share
1: okay so the fellow who proposed that there were in poly relationships descriptive hierarchical relationships and prescriptive hierarchical relationships descriptive meaning there are certain circumstances in our life which means that this relationship takes priority over others and prescriptive meaning we've agreed that our relationship is more important than all other relationships said recently that he no longer will support his own coin phrase descriptive hierarchy, because he's come to understand that hierarchy is inherently unhealthy. And so he said, hierarchy means that someone has status and therefore authority over someone else. And whenever someone is controlling another person, that is not what we want in a healthy relationship. So what he went on to say was what I meant by descriptive hierarchy is prioritizing. Prioritizing is absolutely okay. We should all be doing it as, you know, normal functioning people in the world as adulting people in the world, we should be prioritizing what matters to us most first. And that can take the form of, hey, I'm a parent, and so these children take priority over everything else. So that can feel like you know you're prioritizing your marriage over your other relationships if you're if you share home parents work um money household responsibilities etc family taking care of elderly relatives whatever it can look to an outside partner as if that is a hierarchical relationship however it can be very much about prioritizing what matters to you first if you're taking care of an elderly parent you And they have a problem. You might have to cancel your date. To an outside person, that might feel dismissive or unreasonable. But we're all actually entitled. <laughs> we have the right mm-hmm. as autonomous beings mm-hmm. to prioritize what matters to us most. That's all I was going to say about that.
0: Good. It's basically just about prioritizing what matters to you in your life, which we do on a daily basis every day. everything right
1: so when Um, what started this was a lot
0: in the poly world right
1: yeah what started this was you said even if you have a hierarchical relationship they're not entitled to x y or z from you right so what i'm saying is let's get away from the hierarchical relationships in total um, and let's recognize that we can have a nesting partner relationship an anchor partner relationship we can have you know all kinds of different Mm. types of relationships that aren't hierarchical but are prioritize for the reasons. Yes. Right.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I understand. And so in doing that, then does that, does that help take away some of the sense of entitlement?
1: I think entitlement can still occur in those relationships, non-hierarchical relationships, for sure. We can still feel entitled um, because we live with someone because we are their only partner right now. You know, there's lots of times where that's come up in session too. Well I'm their only partner right now. So why are they spending their weekend doing this, that, or the other thing, you know?
0: Then let's let's maybe talk about the different ways that we've seen entitlement show up. Sure. In relationships. So time time is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm entitled to your time, like you were talking about, I'm not doing anything today. Well I want you to do this. Right. So that's time, right? Or um I want you to spend time with me. And not with them and Mm -hmm. I'm your husband. So, you know, I deserve that. Right. Right. That's my right. Because I'm your husband. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex is another way, right? This is a big one. This is a huge one actually. So we've heard a lot in the work that we do and in the community um, as a whole, that there, there is a mindset out there that says that if you are married or in a nesting partnership, that you are entitled to sex with your partner Mm -hmm. Um, and your partner should be giving that to you whether they want to or not so much so that there's actually I've heard a term for it one of my clients gave me the term the boyfriend tax oh have you ever heard that no yeah that's what they call it they call it the boyfriend tax so
1: that makes me really uncomfortable
0: right So it's a sense of entitlement to somebody else's sex to having sex with a partner, Mm -hmm. right? Because only, and the only reason that you feel that way is because you are their primary partner or you are their nesting partner or you are just their partner or you've had sex with them once. So therefore you're entitled to it forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's a huge one. That's a really big one. So
1: I have to, I have to say something. Um, 26 years ago in Canada, marital rape was outlawed. That's not very long. 26 years ago. Yeah. And the US law was changed in some states in 1974. It became a crime nationwide in 1993. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. And when I said that first uh, statistic about Canada, I'm not sure when that article was written, so don't quote me on that.
0: (laughs) Right. But I mean, they're all,
1: they're in the same kind of ballpark.
0: Yeah. The point is, is that until recently, marital spousal rape wasn't a crime. Yeah. Right. That's, 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 that's entitlement. It's shocking. (laughs) It's a shocking level of entitlement, but it's, it's happened for, the majority of human civilization and it's only just recently that we're starting to recognize that yeah that's a problem yeah so from the perspective of the person that said that's the boyfriend tax we can see how that can be problematic right because they're saying that that's something that I have to do for my boyfriend whether Mm -hmm. I want to or not I have to do that because they are entitled to me in that way because they're my partner or they're Mm -hmm. my boyfriend and is that consent? No. No, it's not. It's not. Mm. It certainly isn't enthusiastic or even curious consent. And, and I'm I'm the sort that, that I mean, when I was having sex on a regular basis, I, I didn't want to do it if somebody didn't want to do it with me. If I had the slightest inkling that they were just doing it as a favor or because they felt they had to, mm-hmm. I completely got, I completely became disinterested in it. Yeah. You know, I don't want anybody doing me any favors I don't want anybody doing something for me and especially something so intimate and so yeah so intimate that I don't want them doing it if they don't want to be there right so Yeah, yeah
1: and you know entitlement to someone's body can be sexual it can be about what they wear it can be about where they take their body how they display it how they decorate it whether they have tattoos or piercings or whatever um what they do with any part of their body um, for themselves, you know, we can, as a partner, we can have preferences, we can have, you know, we can weigh in on it, we can definitely uh, give our opinion if we're asked, or, you know, if someone says, Do you like this or that, you know, but whether you know, whether a woman shaves her legs or not, all of those things, we can't really, we don't have control over someone's body. And if we do, we need to stop doing that unless it's a an agreed upon consensual thing that you're doing together right where i would say to you as my partner you know this kind of is kinky and turns me on so you can tell me how to dress or you can tell me how you want my hair or you can tell me whatever you know and i'll do it right but that's consent I, that
0: doesn't but 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 that doesn't mean that you're entitled to always do it because that person can change their mm-hmm. mind at any moment they could say yeah no i'm i don't want to do that i'm not feeling it
1: consent is ongoing Yes.
0: Consent is always ongoing. It
1: doesn't mean consent once given is perpetual. It means that you have to keep checking in, checking in, checking in. And,
0: and that works both ways. So mm-hmm. if you find yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable doing something and you're saying yes, then check in with yourself. Right? Say, Why am I saying no, yes? no or I don't know? Or, you know, because you're not, your partner is not entitled to that from you if you're not feeling that. If that's something that you choose to no longer engage in, you can stop doing it at any point.
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have uh, the situation where a partner will feel entitled to have sex with you and your other partner. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, And that's not okay. That's not anything that you have anything to do with. That's a relationship that's different than yours. You can have a relationship with each individual if if they want to, (laughs) right? So so somebody
0: might be sitting there asking, well, why isn't that okay? Hmm. Well, the reason that's not okay is is because there's no, you don't have the right to somebody else's body. You don't have the right to somebody else's sex simply because they're having sex with your partner. Mm -hmm. That's why it's not okay. And it's not consensual.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even Mm -hmm. if they, even if they acquiesce to stay in the relationship, like this is a condition of dating this person Um, It's still not consensual. So, when we're talking about consent, there is sort of a line where, you know, we draw it between the four types of consent. The bottom two aren't really consent. One is, you know, we are afraid of consequences and so we'll comply. Mm -hmm. That's compliance, not consent. And the last is full on coercion, you know, under threat of loss of something, which could be the loss of the relationship. So, you know, depending on the severity, you don't it do might this be for me, I will
0: leave you. Right, right. 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 And that's yeah, that's a that's a, I think that's a whole other Oprah, really. Oh yeah. Right. So another piece of this puzzle is information, and In our mm-hmm. work we hear this quite a bit, right? And so, what do we mean by information? Well, information can include access to your social media, your email, your texts, your phone. Information can also include access to your meta, so your partner's partner's personal information, Mm -hmm. um, stuff that they might have shared with your partner, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's all under that umbrella of information. We see in our work, we see a lot of people that say, well, I mean, I, I read their phone and I was entitled to that because, well, I pay the phone bill. No, no, you're not entitled to that because you pay the phone bill. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not entitled to that because you're their partner or their husband or their spouse. You're not entitled to that for any fucking reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a, that's an invasion of somebody's privacy.
1: And the privacy 100%. of the person whose messages you're reading, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what you, what you can do in that case is you can say, Hey, are you open to sharing that message with me? And if they say no, then you, you've got your answer. Um, and, and if, if they, they say yes, yes they but should... let me check with my partner. Yes. My other partner, then, you know, that's a conversation that you need, that's a situation you need to navigate through. But making the assumption, again, the assumption that because of your privilege in somebody's life, that you're entitled to that information, or you're entitled to see their social media posts, or you're entitled to see the nudes that they're sharing with other people, it's not okay. And there's,
1: there's even more like, uh, sort of the, I'm entitled to hear the details of your date. You know, I've had I've had clients whose partners insisted on like almost a repeated play by play of what happened. Where did they touch you? How did they kiss you? How long were you, you know, making out before they took off your clothes? Who took off whose clothes? You know, that kind of stuff. And it's
0: okay. So so let's talk about that for a second, because. Some people that's a kink for them, right? Hot wifing and, and there's mm-hmm. other sorts of, so some people have that kind of a kink and that is fine. Having that kink is is totally fine. As long as everybody who it's, who's involved in the situation mm-hmm. gives consent for that information to be shared. Right. For instance, if you're, if you're a male and, and you have a, a female identifying partner and that female identifying partner has a, another a, a relationship with another male partner or a penis owner, And you ask your part, your female partner, how big is his dick? It's really technically, she needs to be getting permission from him to share that information with you, because Mm -hmm. that's none of your business. And you are not entitled to know that, right?
1: And then on top of that, why, why are you asking? Is it something that will turn you on to know, or is it a comparison thing? Right. Men tend to be very comparative. Well, not just men. People of all genders tend to be (laughs) very comparative about our bodies, size of things, genitalia, et cetera. How do things, you know, fit together in the puzzle of our bodies. But that could be quite a a challenging piece of information to have, even if you think you wanted it. So I would be curious about my my partner's reasons for asking.
0: Right. And that's a really good question. Why are you asking? Why do you think you're entitled to that information?
1: And why do you want to know?
0: What, what purpose know? is
1: it serving for you to know that? Right.
0: I think ultimately for me, um, and I know there's probably a couple of other things we want to talk about where entitlement is concerned, but ultimately entitlement is one of those, those ideologies, those thoughts, those, I don't even know. I don't think it's a feeling. It's a thought. It's one of those things that comes up for us when we feel afraid. When we're trying to be protective of something, I think it falls into that category of protectiveness. It's mine. It's my right. I own it. Mm. I'm entitled to it. you know.
1: And the it's fear like, might be coming the, from a place of like losing status, losing power, not having power.
0: not <laughs> having power, right? Exactly. Um, losing a sense of your masculinity or being seen as somehow you know, a bitch, or, you know, less of a man, or, you know, in a woman's case, maybe it's, maybe it's a, um, maybe there's some trauma there, maybe there's trauma, whatever, regardless of what your gender is, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that entitlement to me is about protection. Because every time I thought I was entitled to something, I was trying to control somebody else.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's also that sense of, and, you know, this came up, interestingly, with a client with, you know, not the typical uh, gender norms of your where the female uh, the woman of the relationship is the breadwinner, the major breadwinner, and the man in the relationship is the main caregiver of the children and stays home with them. Stay at home, Dad. One of the objections that she had was he's using our money to go on dates with someone else. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to support that. So I said, let's take a, let's take a, (laughs) let's take a step back. And I said, flip the genders and then tell me that story again. And she was like, oh, 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 okay. Right. So, you know, we can even have our own unconscious bias about our ownership of household money if we're the major breadwinner we're paying the bills like you said earlier i'm entitled to your phone you don't get money from me to go on your dates it's not that person is a partner in your world
0: but another question you could also ask is would you feel the same way if they were going for coffee with a friend
1: right yeah
0: would you feel the same way if they were going for coffee with a family member
1: well and in this case it was a little bit more to it just because there had been quite a rupture in terms of how the relationship started it was not ethical and it was not consensual so you know uh there's there's some pain and resentment
0: right which which could also lead to entitlement resentment Mm -hmm. envy all of those things can lead to a sense of entitlement right i don't that person's got a nicer car than i do so i don't want you seeing them anymore Yeah. I'm entitled to make that decision because I'm your husband and I'm the breadwinner and you don't have a job, mm. right? That's just, that's abusive.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. So what, what down- we came right to, abusive. and you know, this is something, a suggestion for people. If the the money issue is a problem, you know, if you were dating somebody that I didn't like, that I, you know, was really resentful of, and you were spending our shared money on that person, I might feel the same way, right? So how do you deal with that? I would say, look at the budget together, make a budget that is discretionary for whatever purpose for each of you monthly. And that's what they can use, right? And they can use it for whatever they want. If it's dates, it's dates. If it's ice cream sandwiches, it's ice cream sandwiches, you know? So (laughs) that's just a a more equitable way of looking at, okay, here's, here's what's coming in. Here's what's going out. Here's what's left over. What are we going to do with that? We have to put some away. And then we have our discretionary fund, and we're going to huh. divide that equally, right? Here's I yours. Depend on here's whatever
0: mine. you want. Yeah. Or whoever, whoever, whomever you want, right? Yeah. That's a good idea. So fundamentally, what what is the reason that we decided to have this conversation and 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 do this particular episode?
1: Well, I think because it's a, a running theme throughout a lot of our coaching practice that people struggle with. And we want to be prioritized by someone. That's okay. That desire is natural. What we turn it into is a sense of entitlement. And that to me is disregarding the other person's autonomy and trying to control rather than allowing the relationship to authentically show up as it is and making decisions accordingly around that. So if my partner is deprioritizing our relationship consistently, and the pattern is that then I can decide, do I want this relationship? Do I want to stay in this? Is there something that I could be talking to them about expressing, advocating for that I'm not doing to give them more information so that they would know that I would like that to change, right? Um, If I've done all of the work that I can do on that end of things, we can't control other people's actions nor tell them what to prioritize that's up to them right yeah so for me i think it's just helping people figure this out without turning into the sort of well i'm the wife or i'm the husband or i'm the breadwinner or i'm the longest partner that you've had so i should get special consideration special treatment Hmm. that doesn't help bring connection about or authenticity
0: right so one one actually, it's interesting because one of the things that came up for me while I was listening to you talk was having the feeling having the sense or the thought that you're entitled to something isn't necessarily a bad thing. What's bad about it is acting on it is thinking that that is actually right because maybe what you can do is the next time you think to yourself, "Well, it's my right to have this from my partner or it's right it's my right to read my partner's messages or Tell my partner, you know what parts of their body they can show to whom. It's my right. Next time, you ask yourself that, this question: What makes it my right? Well, and if the answer is anything other than, well, actually, if the answer, it, you know, fuck, I'm I'm struggling here. It isn't your right. It's not your right. It's not your right to tell them what to do or have access to any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the word right pops up in your vocabulary when you're thinking about your partner then i would suggest maybe you get a little curious as to why you feel that way and where that might be coming from what's the narrative there what's the programming telling you and mm-hmm. maybe maybe you're you're afraid of something maybe you're scared of something that you're not looking at or not getting curious about enough yeah um,
1: you're probably feeling powerless in some way
0: yeah. or maybe you're feeling not valued yeah That's a big one, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. you're feeling like this person isn't spending enough time with me. So maybe what you're really feeling is envy and not entitlement, but you're turning Mm -hmm. it into entitlement as a way to keep control of the situation, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just being honest and saying, fuck, you know what? I'm feeling like I have a right to you in some capacity, and that just doesn't, (laughs) that's not okay.
1: Well, and say also, you know what, I, I recognize that this is hard for me to be vulnerable and ask for what I want from you. <laughs> it's a lot easier to say, as your wife, you should be treating me like this, 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 and this. And if you're not, I'm leaving you, right? How about trying <laughs> a different approach? As a human being in a relationship with you, these are the things that I value and need. And I think we really need to work on those things. And if we can't, then I might have to make decisions about what I'm doing with my my time and, and where I'm putting my energy. So it's a lot more of a we can work on this, and in these ways, and help this relationship continue or or find out that it's not, you know, in alignment with each other, that's fine, too.
0: So what you're saying then is, is that don't use your status in that person's life as a reason to expect certain behaviors or expect certain activities or whatever, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, activities, that's the other one, isn't it? That's one that comes yeah. up a lot in our yeah. coaching. People want exclusivity for certain activities, intimate activities, social, right? right? You've, enc- you've encountered that, right?
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, to be quite blunt about it, I've had a couple of clients say, well, you know, I thought that this particular sex act was ours and ours alone, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And now I find out that you're doing it with other people. And Mm -hmm. so unless you have an agreement about that, then that's not the case. You're not entitled to that. And even if you do have an, and I know this is a point of contention for a lot of people out there in the world, but even if you do have an agreement about it, even if you do have an agreement in place that says that we will only do this but we'll only have anal sex with each other, okay, that's mm-hmm. great. but just understand that that's still not an entitlement. You're still not entitled to that person's butt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or body no,
0: or body. they yeah. can do whatever they want to with it. You might not like it mm-hmm. but it, but you're not entitled to it. It doesn't belong to you. It's not something it's not your right to have it.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm.
0: And so I think on the flip side of that, too, you know, places, things, activities and stuff, it's really important that you don't make assumptions. It's Mm -hmm. really important that you ask if there's a, a specific restaurant or whatever that you like going to and you need that to feel special to you. Okay, that can be a reasonable request. Sure. And I would say make the request and then negotiate with your partner through that situation. And if your partner isn't willing to honor that request, then maybe it's time to get curious and say, well, what other ways can I feel valued? What other ways can I feel important and special in this relationship that don't require my partner to make sacrifices that they're not willing to make?
1: And go watch our episode on the desire to feel special.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Um, requests are
1: fine. Agreements are absolutely fine because agreements are because you both want and value those things so agreements do change though right Right. and when it's unsustainable or unreasonable in practice that's when they change
0: right and it's also important to understand that you can have boundaries and standards nobody's saying don't have boundaries and standards here but don't use those boundaries and standards as a way to to step into privilege
1: Mm -hmm.
0: does that make sense
1: yeah okay so let's can we go back to the sex thing for a minute For example, we can always go back to sex. (laughs) So one of the things that comes up frequently is barrier-free sex. Some people like to call it fluid bonding. I prefer to use the term barrier-free. So barrier-free sex, uh, often people will do this with certain partners or one partner that they have known for a while, that they they trust, that uh, maybe they're married to or nesting with, or maybe they're not, right? But that they... uh, want to experience that with and they have agreed to certain protocols that allow them to feel safe about it and they will not do that with other partners and sometimes then they will alter that agreement because of behavior that their partner enters into with someone else so they have an activity with somebody else that's intimate maybe they exchange fluids with somebody that they don't know very well or didn't see the testing of or whatever right? And so that agreement has to change now because the person who, uh, like say I'm the person who has the partner that I'm barrier-free with and they do that, so I would then want to change the protocols, the practices, and use condoms moving forward until testing has been done after three months so that we know that we're good to go again. And if they introduce a new partner in the meantime, another new partner that's maybe someone that they, they don't know the history of or or someone who has had many multiple partners themselves that I don't feel safe with in any way, then I get to say, no, we're going to continue to use those condoms.
0: So yeah, go ahead. The important part of this though, is, is that your partner is not entitled to you. Your partner is not entitled to continue to have barrier free sex with you.
1: Just because we have been
0: just because you have been right. You can change the standard. You can change the, the, the boundaries, the agreements at any point. And that's I think that's ultimately that's kind of fundamentally what we're trying to say here yes is that you can change these things you know and, and again it's important to understand that we're not talking about standards or boundaries here or or you know agreements because those are all very healthy things to have in a relationship but there are also things that you need to communicate with your partner about and you need to continue to make requests and stop making assumptions and mm-hmm. stop. Feeling like you're entitled to certain behaviors or parts of their body or things that they say or share or do with other people simply because of your status in their life. Mm -hmm. Further to that, I think it's also important to understand that we are not entitled to anything when it comes to another human being. And that includes friends, that includes family, that includes strangers on the street. I don't give a shit if a woman's walking down the street, buck ass naked, and just strutting her stuff. We are as 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 people who might find that attractive. We are not entitled in any way, shape, or form to touch her, to engage with her, to to assume that she wants to have sex. Nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Just it's we're not entitled to that. Just because they're doing that doesn't mean that we are entitled to do things mm-hmm. to her because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think we're done. Do we, think,
0: do we? Do we miss anything?
1: I don't think so. Let us know if you think we did.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. As always, in the comments or reach out to us individually. Oh, I got a new website. Woo 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 woo! Woo-hoo, so feel go free see. to check it out. Go see. <laughs> go see the new website. Go check it out. Let us know if there's anything that else that you want to talk about where this is concerned, because we're always open to that. Uh, leave it in the comments if you're on YouTube and if you're listening on a a podcast somewhere then shoot us a message let us know
1: and i'll try and find that article about the descriptive prescriptive hierarchy thing and put it in the notes for the show cool okay and remember choose love and keep it kind
0: we'd love to hear your comments questions or topic suggestions and don't forget to subscribe
1: and you're invited to join our facebook group empowered poly relationship support and advice
0: you can reach out to us on our websites at gregmillion.com
1: and at leannemillion.com
0: or follow us on Instagram at the gregmillion
1: and at leannemillion